It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 931 3814567 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And we welcome you into the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, December 5th, 2013. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father Greg Gwynn is here. Hello, Dad. Jacob, great to be with you tonight. Looking forward to our online Bible study. Looking forward to that discussion as well. Anthony's behind the controls. Anthony, uh, thank you for being here tonight. It's good to be here. Looking I forward. Yeah, got no, I think we, we got him. It's just not very loud. Oh. Yeah, okay, i got to speak up. There you go. And uh, we're glad that you're here as well. 877-381-4567. Questions. And Anthony Cam is working tonight. Yeah, that is All right. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. And uh, the chat r- window now is to the bottom of your video feed if you're watching yeah. this live. Yeah, and I think Kevin in Arkansas gave a good idea a couple weeks ago, you know, uh, if you want them side by side, you can pop out that chat window and then move the, move that over beside your video screen. We ha- we have a little layout trouble there. We can't get that to, to do that ourselves. That's right. But that's okay, we're getting there. Yeah, but if you got a big monitor like you got over there, Jacob, you can see them top and bottom real neat. Okay, so. all, right. Let all us, right. Let us know if you have any questions or problems with that website. We'd like to hear your feedback on that, and we'd like your feedback on an important discussion tonight. One that uh, we haven't discussed in eight-plus years, but uh, this ought to be interesting. Yeah, tonight, Jacob, uh, we want to discuss the notion that I'm hearing more often, I don't know if others are hearing it as frequently as I am, but something is mentioned, some religious topic, maybe something that we disagree about, you know, been talking to someone, we and that person and I, we disagree about it, uh, and he says, oh, well, it's not a salvation issue. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just sort of dismiss the disagreement by saying, well, I don't believe that's a salvation issue. Yeah. Or someone is doing something that, and they're just sort of wanting to excuse their behavior by saying, I don't think it's a salvation issue. I think I can do this and it's not a salvation issue. All right. Not a salvation issue. That's the concept that we want to discuss tonight and, uh, see if, see if biblically there's any justification for that kind of reasoning. All right. Uh, if you heard this uh, this excuse, well, maybe it's not an excuse. Maybe it's valid. Have you heard this claim yeah. made? Hey, I ha- I tell you one place where I've heard it several times. I don't listen to this guy on the radio a lot. Probably should listen more. Dave Ramsey, you know, yeah. the financial guru on talk yeah. radio. Mm-hmm. Probably a lot of our listeners know who Dave Ramsey is. He's from the Middle Tennessee area here in Nashville, and uh, he's on. But he's on radio stations all over the country, and he gives. Really, common sense financial advice. He says it's the same thing your grandmother told you, only he keeps his teeth in. I think that's what he says. That's but, what he says, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've heard him talk about this not a salvation issue. You know, he, you know, he, he presents himself as a, 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 a believing person, a yes. religious person. Yes. I, a lot of the things he says and some of the things he does, I, I question, you know, okay. uh, the consistency of his message there, but he, he presents himself as one who is a religious individual. And so I just went to his website and I found one place where he uses this expression. It was about tithing. You know, he teaches his listeners that they should tithe or mm-hmm. it's good to tithe, right. pay 10%. Right. We believe that that's a misunderstanding of a biblical 
uh, fact. Let's uh, just let's, well, let's just equate tithing with giving, though. For yeah, just discussion. for giving, just for giving. Yeah, but but we, I think most of our listeners understand uh, our, what we think the Bible teaches accurately on tithing. But the question was asked to him on his website: Should they tithe? Um, he says you need to really grasp biblical. Biblically speaking, why God asks us to give tithes and or offerings. It's not because we're trying to keep a rule and he likes us better. He likes us regardless. He's madly in love with you, your Heavenly Father, regardless. You know, we talked about that recently. Yeah, you know? right. The idea that your, your Father just crazy in love with you and no matter what you do. But basically, that's a very good illustration of that notion we talked about a few weeks ago. God loves you. He doesn't care what you do. Yeah. Well, that's what Ramsey's saying here. But then he goes on to say, tithers are equal to non-tithers in God's love, it's certainly not a salvation issue. Mm-hmm. Now, you get the idea that if you believed, as he believes, that the Bible teaches tithing, then who is he to say that it wouldn't affect your salvation you, whether you did or didn't? I think that gets into the root of, he says, you got to figure out why God told you to do that. In other words, if you understand why God gave you the instruction, then you can figure out whether or not it's okay to not listen to the instruction. Uh, maybe, but but he seems. Uh, does he suggest, or are we to believe that he or others are able to read God's mind? As why he gave the instruction. As yeah. to why he gave the instruction, and whether, whether whether he really but, whether he really meant it or not. Or yeah, it's like yeah, he oh he meant it that time. I need to do that one. Yeah, I, I read another thing today, Jacob, by a bloggist named Michael Weed. Michael R. Weed. I don't know anything about this guy, but I don't, he, yeah, uh, but he he doesn't like he he's. He shares some of the same sentiment that I do, uh, not liking this expression. He he calls it thought cliche. Thought cliche. Yeah, he says, and, and what he and he defines that a phrase that catches on becomes widely used, and while fostering the impression of embodying substantial insight, mm-hmm. becomes a substitute for clear thinking. There you go. Yeah. Uh, he says this not a salvation issue gives the impression that there exists a clear list of salvation issues readily applicable to individual lives and to congregations. The phrase encourages a minimalist approach to both Christian faith and Christian practice. That is to say, it invites the question, what are the minimum beliefs and practices necessary for recognizing a person or a community as being faithful? Interesting. Uh, so basically, he says... Uh, uh, these kinds of expressions, thought cliches, as he calls them, uh, blur our vision, dull our minds, render us incapable of discussing and analyzing complex matters. Uh, it, uh, um, basically, he, he suggests the idea by saying that, using those kinds of expressions, it, makes, it gives people the impression that you're real thoughtful. Yeah. But basically, no thought's been applied at all. So well, it, it is. It's, it's used so much, you would think there is a, a listing somewhere, Anthony. And there, somewhere in Scottish, there's got to be a list of salvation issues because when the expression is used, it's used so definitively. Right. Like, there's no question that's not a salvation issue. Right, yeah. So when you start you know, defining things as salvation issue or not, then you know, that opens up a whole other question about, well, who determines the list and where is the list and... Um, and it really means that, okay, if this is a salvation issue, then that other thing is really not necessary. <laughs> so basically what we're doing is discounting sections of God's will. So. And, and somebody has to assign themselves as the arbiter of such questions. You know, who, who has the right to do that? So that's, that's kind of what we want to discuss in our, in our 
study tonight. Too. We look forward to hearing from you at 877-381-4567. The, email, the uh, chat room is uh, filling up if you're listening to us live tonight. majority of you are not, but if you're listening to us live, uh, that is there where we want to hear from you and also questions at collegeview.com. You sent some questions out earlier today to get us thinking about the subject. To our update list, uh, shortly after noon today, we sent out, sent out these questions. I'll always remind you, get on our list if you're not. Send us an, an email to questions at collegeview.com. By the way, Jacob, on our website, there's a uh, uh, reply form where you can put your information right in there. You don't have to do it in an email anymore. That's right. How did you do that? And it's it's really complicated Whoa, stuff. man. That <laughs> uh, right. no, was very simple. But you can, it, uh, on our website, I forget what I It's now. called Sign Up Resources. Sign Up Resources. Look for Sign Up Resources, and, and uh, at the bottom of the page, then you'll see where you can send us a form, and we'll put you on our update list. Anyway, mm-hmm. to our update list today, we sent out these questions. We're looking for feedback. We've got some. We're looking for more. Number one, are there, in fact, some things that God is indifferent about? Mm-hmm. That is to say, not a salvation issue. Are there some things that are not salvation issues? I will glad when we yeah, hear about that. Yes or no, explain, give examples. Number two, are there, in fact, some things that God requires us to obey exactly, which words, would be definitely a salvation issue? Yes. Yes or no, explain and or give examples. Okay, now, question three. Based upon the answers to those first two questions, Upon what basis can we make the determination as to what is and what is not a salvation issue? How how we do that? How do you know? How do you know? Where do you get that? How can you make your list? Okay. So that's the general discussion, and then we want to move to some specific uh, areas. Specifically, are these things salvation issues? This is question four. What you did to be saved. Is that a salvation issue? You would think it would be. I mean, just it's it's about salvation, right? And so, what you did to be saved seems like that'd be a salvation issue. <laughs> sort of but I think some, I think some people are actually of the opinion: no, what you did is not a salvation issue. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, then, uh, is it a salvation issue how we worship? Is it our moral issues like abortion and homosexuality uh, salvation issues? Yes. Uh, matters of personal holiness like modesty, consuming alcohol. Cursing, using bad language, are those salvation issues? Mm -hmm. Uh, We want to investigate those. And then finally, what might motivate a person to label some of these kinds of things as not a salvation issue? In other words, uh, what what would motivate me if I if I like to drink alcohol? You know, I like that. I like to drink my beer. Yeah. If I like to drink my beer, what would motivate me to conclude that's not a salvation issue? Hmm. Okay. All right, that's where we're going to go. We look forward to hearing from you. Get in now. Let us know your thoughts. Number one, are there things that are not uh, salvation issues? God doesn't care about uh, them. Let us know. Let us know in the chat room there. We'll take your thoughts. Are there things that God does not consider to be salvation issues? Well, I actually, you know, and I I hope I don't surprise anybody by this answer, but I think the answer to that is yes, there are some things. That God doesn't care about. It's not a salvation issue? Not a salvation issue. He doesn't, he doesn't care. Okay. Um, now, let me give you an Patrick conclu- uh, concurs. Yes, he says he agrees. Uh, I, I think I can give you some examples from the scriptures. Um, for instance, in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 8, it says, But meat commendeth us not to God, for neither if we eat are, the be- are we the better, neither if we eat not are we the worst. Now, the meat under consideration in 1 Corinthians chapter 8 was was a 
a certain special kind of meat. It was meat offered mm-hmm. to idols. And mm-hmm. it, quite a controversy in the first century, especially in cities like Corinth, where there was a lot of pagan idolatry practiced. Mm-hmm. They would offer meat to the idol, but then they would often take the meat after it had been sacrificed to the idol, and they would take it and sell it uh, in the common markets and so forth. And it became quite an issue uh, in the first century church as to whether it was right to offer meat that had been sacrificed to idols. Yeah, That's the kind of meat that's under consideration in 1 Corinthians 8, mm-hmm. verse 8, when Paul says, Meat commendeth us not to God, for neither if we eat are we the better, neither if we eat not are we the worst. Pretty clear. So God didn't care. He was indifferent about that. Not a salvation issue. Yeah. In other words, you're not any better or worse uh, if you eat meat or don't eat, eat the meat that was offered to Ida. Patrick has referenced that as well. I think you have an email from Patrick. Uh, I'm, I'm reading between the lines here. But, I have not. Patrick, I haven't gotten an email from you. Uh, but he says that uh, he's he's used the same reference there. Okay. Oh, wait. No, he does there in the chat room. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's in the chat room. Yeah. Right. Okay. okay. Uh, here's another example. Uh, another huge big issue in the first century was circumcision. Yes. In particular, whether or not Gentiles who were being converted to Christianity needed to submit to the the act of, of circumcision. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it caused lots of trouble. It was a big hot-button issue in the first century. It's not for us. Just like the meat question is not for us, neither is the circumcision question a hot-button topic for us. But it was back then. And here's what Paul said in Galatians 5, verse 6. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. And so uh, circumcision, not a salvation issue. It doesn't matter to God whether you are or you're not. Now, what's interesting in both of those instances, and I think we're going to be developing this notion as we go further into the study. How do we know that meat offered to idols wasn't an issue? And how do we know that circumcision wasn't an issue with God? Not a salvation issue. Well, the only, only way we knew that, only way they knew that, is because God said so. I was, yeah. talk, I was talking to somebody uh, uh, recently about uh, one of these things is not a salvation issue. <laughs> he sort of wished it was a salvation issue. Uh, uh, piercings. Okay. Uh, he, he didn't like uh, some of the, you know, the, for instance, the nose piercing. Okay. He didn't like. It. He said, "I wish I, I wish there was a verse that says that was wrong." <laughs> but he says there's not. But he said he just personally he didn't like it. So that's not there's that's not a salvation issue. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's but but that's the point. You, yeah. We yeah. can only we can only know what God has revealed to us to right. know. Right. And and we cannot deduce other things beyond what He has told us. Yeah. We know what we know, and that's where we have to stop. But in answer to that. The answer is, are there things that are not a salvation issue with God? Yes, uh, in so much as we're able to conclude that based upon what God has revealed uh, in his word. Okay. Uh, Henry in the, in the chat room uh, says, our Heavenly Father does not care who wins the Super Bowl. I think that's right. You so know, that's not a salvation issue. Some people get all torn up about, um, uh, oh, you know, should I take this job or not? You know, I, I knew a woman once who was just all torn up about who she should hire as the piano instructor for her daughter. Yeah. Well, you know, I really don't think God cares about that. You know, there's there, there's no indication that He cares who your piano instructor is. There's really no indication that He cares where you work, as long as, of course, other moral factors are. are I mean, in other words, if He doesn't want you to take a job that requires you to break the laws or lie or to steal, or so, as long as it's an honorable job that's within the bounds of 
of of uh, propriety and right and wrong. God doesn't care whether you work for that company or that one. Yeah. You know, he doesn't care whether you keep go to that school or that school. As long as you're making decisions that make it possible for you to remain faithful to him, God doesn't have an uh, uh, an opinion on those things. He doesn't care. He just wants your faithful service, and, and he wants you to make decisions that will help you do that. But he leaves that up to you. Are you referring then to matters of liberty? I would think so, they yeah. Are not, uh, they are not salvation issues? I would think so, yes. Okay. All right. Um what else can we say about that? I mean, I, I think it's clear that, that God does not care in, in a lot of these areas. Romans chapter 14 would talk about some things that are uh, that wouldn't be necessary salvation issues, esteeming one day over another. Exactly right. Well, I always be. like that verse because it talks about the guy who's a vegetarian. Oh, you like that one. <laughs> yeah, and you have yeah. been, haven't you? Yeah, for peer, yeah, exactly. So I kind of relate to that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Paul says, um, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them to us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. What man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Uh, and then he goes on to say, which things we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. You know, this is true of, of any two persons. You can't read my mind. I can't read yours. Right. I, I can't I can't know what you're thinking unless you tell me what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Now, I might imagine that I can read your mind, but that that's just a guess. You know, I'm just guessing. Right. Uh, my wife thinks she can read my mind. Yeah, right. She's just guessing. Yeah. She's probably and usually better. wrong. She's she's oh. probably better at it than anybody else because she knows me better than anybody else. But yeah. she can't know for sure what's on my mind unless I choose to tell her. Yeah. And that's what Paul. That's the argument Paul's making there about God. We can't pretend to know the mind of God unless God has told us. And all we know about what's on the mind of God is what He has revealed to us through His Spirit, the things that are contained in the inspired Word of God. And we've got to be content to to stick with that. All right. Well. This isn't a salvation issue, but it's a good idea. We ought to take a break. Okay. And when we get back, we ought to talk about some things that are salvation issues. All right. We got. We also got some emails to get to when we get back. All right. Don't go anywhere. The Verse of Bible Study will continue with your thoughts, hopefully, right after this. Now you can listen to a podcast of a recent sermon every week. Find out more at collegeview.com. There's more of the virtual Bible study right after these important messages. Hello. Hey, Matt. No, I don't have any plans for Friday night. What are you doing? Oh, I won't be able to go with you to watch that movie. Because, Matt, the movie is rated R. Hey, why don't you just come over and hang out at my house Friday night? Great. I'll see you there. Being pleasing to God means that you may have to be different than the crowd. But don't be afraid to stand up for what's right. You just might find it is easier than what you expect. A message brought to you by College of Church Christ. Here's some quotes worth pondering. We become what we think about. Definiteness of purpose is the starting point of all achievement. Don't wait. The time will never be just right. I'm not a product of my circumstances. I'm a product of my decisions. Start where you are. Use what you have. Do what you can. Man, wish I'd said that. 
Broadcasting around the world with truths that are out of this world. The Virtual Bible Study. Take it away, guys. We're back on the program tonight as we talk about salvation issues, what things are salvation issues, what things are not. That term is thrown around a lot in the religious world today. We want to see what the scriptures teach us about so-called salvation issues. Uh, first thing, the first question we were dealing with, are there some things that God's indifferent about that are clearly not salvation issues uh, from, uh uh, Ramona in Texas said a big example in the New Testament was the example of circumcision in Acts 15.1. In Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. That's so what you referenced she, there in Galatians she, yeah. chapter 5, verse 6. So she she's on board with us on that. David, uh, don't know where David's from. Uh, David says, however, there are things, uh, or, sorry, I don't believe that God is indifferent on anything because he is all-knowing and his word is truth. He would know the correct side and definite answer on every issue. However, there. Well, are... hang on just a minute. I, 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 right there, I, I, I'd have to dif- disagree with that conclusion because I think we just read some verses where he says uh, it matters not at all. You know, uh, if God, if this expression, uh, meat commended us not to God, for neither if we eat are we the better, neither if we eat not are we the worst. Um, that's First Corinthians eight eight, which we read. Galatians five six. Neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith was worketh by love. I'd have to say that if maybe maybe it's a semantical issue, but to me well, that seems like God is indifferent. I think that. we'll understand a little bit more by what he's saying here in the second paragraph. He says, however, there are things that the Bible has simply left out because it does not pertain to our salvation. For example. The new earth versus old earth debate. I believe the Bible does not clearly state the earth is around 6,000 years old. What is clear is that God created the heavens and the earth, that he made us in his image, and that we are to do his will in all things. And so the latter statement would be a salvation issue while deciding on whether the earth is 6,000 years old or 6 billion years old is not. And I'm, I'm, some, not, I'm not sure that's the perfect example. I would agree that we do not have to agree. Are, are things that aren't revealed to us that uh, – that, that, you know, just recently we talked about the days of creation, yeah. which I think we can come to some firm conclusion. But our friend Aaron uh, in Louisiana said, you know, those those for at least the first couple or maybe the first three days, you know, it, we can't say definitively perhaps how long those first days uh, in Genesis 3 were. Now, I, I, Aaron and I, uh, and he, in fact, he's got some pending uh, communication that I have not answered yet. Uh, he and I are not on the same page about that exactly. But I wouldn't fall out with him about his interpretation that maybe the first two or three days weren't the same as the last days after day four when the sun and the moon and the stars were created. Uh, I, I don't think we would have to fall out about that. Paul Thorne in the flesh wouldn't well, be a salvation. It, right, right. There are things like that. that, that we that just don't – we don't have okay. – Yeah, but, but – and so I would say those, that God is indifferent about them. Again, that may be semantical. Maybe David is, is using that concept in a different way than I am. But I, I, I would say God's indifferent about that. Well, he David's, really David's response may uh, mirror Chris's, where Chris says simply God is not indifferent about any sin. We certainly would agree true. with that, and maybe that is the, where David was headed with his comment as that, well. That, that is true for uh, sure. Okay. And right. then we got one from Bill in Texas. Um, he says, there are actions and thoughts of our life that God considers not a salvation issue. How much indifference and complacency to the principles of living a Christ-like example will he hold us to? 
No one knows for sure, for example, just exactly what constitutes the perfect church. We have the scriptural description of the perfect church because it's made up of humans. It does not exist. Really, there's always an improvement that can be made in any church. The same analogy with the life of Christian. So definitely there is some leeway for the blood of Christ to cover our weaknesses, whatever they are. Uh, I'm not sure about all the application that he would make of the last, but he starts out by saying there are actions and thoughts of our lives that God considers not a salvation issue. And I, so I think he's on the same page as us uh, in, uh, as far as that goes. For You know, as I was saying earlier, God doesn't care who teaches my kid to be a piano player. But he would care if that piano, if I was exposing my, my child to some sort of immorality. Let's say that that piano teacher... Uh, teaches him to play bad songs. No, let's say that that piano teacher uses curse words all the time and teaching my, my child. In other words, I'm, I'm responsible to make sure my child learns moral values, but being around the bad influence of that piano teacher because he curses all the time, then, then, then maybe God would care about that. But generally speaking, as long as it doesn't interfere with my spiritual service to God, he doesn't care who, who teaches my kid to play the piano. All right. Uh, John is in the chat room showing his technical prowess again tonight. He uh, giving you some tips on, on the website. there. So Thank you, John, for that. Yeah, yeah, I, I I have played with that, John. I'll play with it some more. He is the the minister of technology. Yeah, yeah, uh, John, John, he's he's the guru. He's got he's got it, it, all the bells and whistles on yeah. his website. Yeah, thank That's you, John. A scriptural scripturalway dot Thank you, John, for that. Uh, all right, the next uh, and uh, Jack says God would reveal to us what He cares about or what He knows is important to our salvation. Yeah. All right, let, let's go to. Um, Let's go to the second question. So I think we, I think everybody agrees on the first question. Yes. We may say it a little differently, but yeah. I think we agree. Yeah. Second question, are there some things that God requires us to obey exactly? That is to say things that are definitely a salvation issue. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to give my input on that first just by looking at uh, some things that God doesn't want us to mess with. Uh, for instance, and how about faith in Jesus Christ? Jesus said, John 12, verse 48, He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. Yes. Uh, it seems pretty definite. Yes, it does. You know, uh, how about Matthew seven twenty one? Not everyone that saith to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Notice the emphasis on doing his will. Uh, Revelation 22, 18 and 19. I testify to every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add to these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Seems like he doesn't want his word tampered with. Yeah. And we could multiply the examples. Well, uh, John is on a similar uh, wavelength here with you uh, in his comment. He says... Uh, during the day, uh, during the days of Israel, Moses wrote, "You shall not add to the word which I command you, nor take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you." Deuteronomy chapter four verse twelve. So don't add to, don't take away from the commands that God had given them. Jesus said, "Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven." Matthew seven verse twenty one. John concludes, "Anything we are commanded to do or commanded not to do becomes a salvation issue." When we disobey the Lord. Yeah, that's right. And I think that's a good way to put it, John. I think you've, you've stated it very clearly. Yes. Uh, some of our emailers, Jacob Ramona in Texas, mentions 
plan of salvation, contribution or giving, a cappella singing, uh, faith and grace, Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Faith by itself, uh, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. James two fourteen and seventeen. So uh, she 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 says yes, some specifics, and we're going to talk about some specifics a little later on. But she says, yeah, seems to her that there are definitely things that God has revealed that He does definitely care about. All right, David says the Bible gives us a very clear instructions on what we must do to be acceptable in God's eyes. He references Second Peter chapter one verse three, which reads. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Therefore, he says, any deviation or supplementation of what God has clearly outlined would result in condemnation. We would agree with that. All right. Uh, Chris in Atlanta, we haven't heard from Chris in several weeks. Good to hear from you, Chris. He says, are there things that God requires us to obey exactly? They are definitely salvation issues. He says, yes. The way we obtain salvation is an example. There are certain things God requires, like believing, confessing, repenting, and baptism. So we we even call that the plan of salvation, Jacob. And and so from that, you would say that definitely must be a salvation if, issue if it is the plan by which we are saved. Okay. You would think it's definitely salvation. You know what's interesting now? And I think we've got to bring this out. The people who use the expression not a salvation issue they would agree with us that some things are salvation issues now their list may not be as thorough as ours or they may differ with us to some extent as to what things belong on the list or not but but they're not saying the people who say that's not a salvation issue they're not saying there are no salvation issues. by by implication uh, they must be uh, they imply that there are certain things that are they think there are the, too so so we're not even at, at at this juncture we're not at odds with them we, we agree there are some things that are not salvation issues and there are some things that are people like Dave Ramsey and others who use that expression all the time in theory agree with us <laughs> Now, in practice, that's where we get when the when the rubber meets the road, so to speak. That's when we'll have we'll have an issue. Those who use the term probably have a short, much shorter. A list. lot, I think, a lot shorter list. Anthony. Yeah, I agree. And you know, Patrick was just bringing out in the chat room. He says typically the the not a salvation issue people believe in salvation by faith alone. Yeah. And I think that that's right. But so. they would agree that faith is a salvation <laughs> issue. We would agree that faith is a salvation issue. So the only thing I'm only thing I'm pointing out here is that the the people who use the expression would agree that there are some salvation issues. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to talk more specifics here in a minute. All right. And finally before our break, a bill in Texas says salvation requirements for us is not to continually live in a state of sin where there is no repentance on our part. One soul, in order to remove the barrier of sin that separates us from God, has to be cleansed in the blood of Jesus through baptism for the remission of one's sins. We are then to be obedient to his commands and principles to the best of our ability. To what extent or degree we will be held to actions listed at the judgment scene in Matthew 25. All right. right, So he agrees that, yeah, there there definitely are things that God requires strict obedience. All right. We're going to take a break and allow you time to get your thoughts together and uh, send them in the chat room and email or over the phone tonight as we get this week's bullet point. We continue the discussion after the break. Uh, how do you decide what's on the list? Yeah, so if, if, if we all agree some things are not salvation issues and some things are, 
how do we determine? That, uh, we, we're going to get into that and, and try to apply that principle to some specifics like what you do to be saved, how you worship, so on, as we get further into our study. All right. We'll look forward to hearing from you. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. News reports told of a discovery of an elderly blind woman slumped over in the doorway of her home. She was confused and weak and weighed only between 65 and 70 pounds. Closer investigation found that she was living among rotting garbage and large rats. The report said that, quote, several dogs and cats were observed running loose through the house. Rats were eating the body of a dead dog inside the house. The woman appeared to have flea and rat bites all over her body. There were no lights or water in the house, and the heat inside was so intense that the smoke alarm had been activated. When we think of this, we are sickened and upset. How could this happen? Some additional information may provide the key. City codes enforcement officers examined the house and reported that on the outside, the house was, quote, very well kept, complete with a new paint job, a new roof, and a new electric meter center. The inspector said, quote, the house would be fit to rent to anybody right now based upon what it looks like from the outside. The problem, obviously, was not what was visible from the outside, but with what was not seen on the inside. All of this put us to thinking about eternal things. We're concerned that many people have spiritual houses that are in this same shape. They make a pretense of religious service, but inwardly there is all manner of filth and corruption. Jesus spoke of some who, quote, on the outside appear beautiful, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Matthew 23, verse 27. What about you? What shape is your house in? That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. My name is Alex Dvorak, reminding you to listen to the virtual Bible study every Thursday night at 8 o'clock Central Time. Share your comment with the world. Call in now and be a part of the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. We're back on the program tonight. We want to remind you this program is brought to you by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us by visiting our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com or collegeview.com, where you can find out more information about the College View Church of Christ, what we believe and practice. You can hear sermons that have been presented recently to the College of Church of Christ, and you can find out more information about The Virtual Bible Study. Check us out, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. If you're in the Columbia, Tennessee area, again, we would welcome you to come and worship with us Sunday mornings at 9.30, Sunday evenings at 6, Wednesday evenings at 7. You're welcome to any of these services. Find out more information about our meeting place and location at thevirtualbiblestudy.com. Talking about salvation issues on the program tonight, and now how do we decide what is and what is not a salvation issue? Yeah, that's the question. If we all agree that some are and some aren't salvation issues, how do we distinguish? And I would say as a general rule, and we've already touched on this with some of the answers that have already been given, it seems clear that when God tells us to do something or to not do something, then we've got to take uh, his word seriously uh, that anything he told us to do or not do, are things that we are not we, we don't have the option of of sort of picking and choosing. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that really bothers me. You go back to that quote from Dave Ramsey, you know, he we we would disagree with him on the tithing question, but he he just throws that out and says it's not a salvation issue. Period. Tithers are are equal to non-tithers in God's love. If the Bible teaches tithing, then how uh, who's Dave Ramsey or anybody else to say, well, you, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, he teaches it, but he doesn't care. You know, the Bible says you should do it, but it really doesn't. How how can you take something that the Bible definitively says do or don't do and then assign that to be not a salvation issue? Yeah, Anthony would be like saying, well, I can just spit in God's face on that one. He won't care. 
Yeah, he said that he said uh, you need to do you need to give, but ah, who cares? Right. So it kind of doesn't it doesn't even make sense. If we can establish that something is a command, then we can't then just take it upon ourselves to say it's an optional command. Yeah. You know, that, that's a good way to put it, Anthony. It's sort of the idea that. Well, yeah, it's there, but that's one of the that's on the optional list. Well, I think that gets to what I was pointing out earlier with his comment. He says you got to get to why God gave you the instruction. So that but that's can, trying to read God's mind. That's trying to read God's mind. But it, but I think that's where people can justify some of this is oh well God told me not to told me to do that because of this, mm-hmm. and I've got some mitigating circumstance that outweighs that reasoning. And yeah, I think that's pro- yeah that that's probably what's going on in some of these folks. But you know, if you if we study the Bible uh, thoroughly, there's some pretty well known statements that argue we shouldn't try to suppose that we can think at God's level and figure out what's on His mind. Uh, we already we already read from First Corinthians chapter two where we don't know anything other than what the Spirit has revealed to us. Some other famous expressions. Remember Isaiah 55 verses eight and nine. My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways. Are your ways my ways, saith the Lord? For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Or Jeremiah 10, verse 23, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. You know, it's not up to us. We're not even capable of thinking uh, and figuring out what's best for us and what we should and shouldn't do. Yes. There's a real familiar episode in 2 Kings 5. I think a lot of our listeners who mentioned 2 Kings 5, you're going to immediately think of Naaman the leper. You remember he went to uh, Elisha, and Elisha, uh, Elisha said, go dip seven times in a in the river Jordan, and you'll be cleansed of your leprosy. And of course, um, uh, Naaman was enraged. Elisha sent a messenger to Naaman. He didn't go out there himself. He sent a messenger to Naaman, saying, go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth and went away and said, behold, I thought... He will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. You know, we've always we've concentrated. I, I wonder how many thousands of sermons through the years have been preached on Naaman's oh, yeah. the expression. Behold, I thought. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that's where he, that's where he missed it. That's where he was wrong. He supplanted what God told him to do with what he thought ought to be done. Yeah. And that's really what is the, is the underlying root problem here with these people who are arguing it's not a salvation issue. All right. Let us know your thoughts. 877-381-4567. Or the chat room is the best way for your comments to be heard immediately. But the phone is wide open, and you'll get in immediately and can share your thoughts with the world. 877-381-4567. Ramona says, uh, how do you know what is a salvation issue and what is not? Ramona says, if it is in the Bible, it is God's will, and we obey. We will not be indifferent to it. But as in Romans 14... In things indifferent, Christians should not condemn each other, particularly with uh, uh, respect to certain to different kinds of foods uh, and the abs- observation of certain days. None of us should live unto himself, but unto Christ, who lived and died for us. We must not judge other uh, each other, for all judgment belongs to God. We should uh, verses ten through thirteen. We should not do anything that by which a weak brother may be stumbled or uh, or grieved, lest we destroy him for whom Christ died. Verses fourteen through sixteen. The kingdom of God does not consist in outward things. Christians should endeavor to cultivate uh, uh, peace and brotherly affection, and rather uh, deny themselves of certain privileges than be, be be the means of stumbling a weak brother. Romans nineteen or fourteen nineteen through twenty one. The necessity of doing all in the spirit of faith. Romans 20. 14, well, Ramona brings up Romans 14. In the chat room, Trevor has yeah. asked, how does one know if he's the weak brother of Romans 14? And 
and therefore should not judge another in a given matter. Uh, a, a really, Romans 14 is a challenging chapter, to be sure, and I don't think we have time in our program tonight to deal with it uh, if effectively. Uh, but I would argue that Romans 14 is talking about matters of liberty, and the weak brother of Romans 14 was the one who did not understand his liberal liberties completely. In other words, he was restricting himself more than he needed to. Um, And it talks about that matter of eating meats. It goes back again to that question of the meats offered to idols, I think, is the meat under consideration there. All right, 877. So so in in regards to that, Romans 14, uh, do not assume that the weak brother is somebody who's out here real lax. He's you know, not. He's he, not following. He's not. He, the, the the weak brother, Romans fourteen, was the fellow who didn't understand his liberties, therefore was restricting himself more than he needed to. Uh, so that, uh, but we probably should talk about Romans fourteen in another program more thoroughly. All right, eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. Jack says a judgment has to be made in determining who is weak or not. God reveals that there there is a weaker brother, so we must be able to determine it. Yeah, but clearly the weak, and there's, there's different ways to be weak, but the weak brother of Romans 14 is not the weak brother who's out here sinning all the time, violating the commands of God. Right. The, the weak brother of Romans 14 is the fellow who is forcing himself to be more restrictive than God actually demands. Uh, and so, for instance, in the matter of eating meats, it had already been revealed. First uh, Corinthians chapter, uh, uh, the first, the letter we call First Corinthians uh, was one of the early uh, epistles in the New Testament. So by the time Romans was written, First Corinthians was already out there, and the idea that God didn't care whether he ate meat, offers to idols or not was a was a known fact. Yeah. And so the weak brother could have known that if he applied himself to know it, he could have known it. That revelation was out there. But he had not come to that understanding yet, and therefore he was restricting himself more than he needed to. That's the idea of Romans 14. Trevor says, uh, so one who gives up liberty but cannot prove it as God's will is the weaker brother. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's, I guess that's the way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, we're still talking about how do we tell. Um, David. Go ahead. Uh, says, uh, do we have a direct command or approved apostolic example? Uh, he references baptism. Uh, well, is that one determine one can make a determination on whether something is a salvation issue based on a few criteria? Do we have a direct commander approved apostolic example? Can we come to a logical conclusion as to what is God's direction on this issue? Worship on the first day of the week. Uh, is the Bible silent on an issue, or, um, or or are our own views or ideas supplementing other teachings on the issue? Instrumental music in the church he references. I'm not, uh, I'm not sure about I'm not sure how, about how he worded that. Go ahead. Does the issue contradict or violate clear biblical guidance, the doctrine of predestination, for example? If it does, it is a matter of salvation. Could this issue cause others to be led astray? Homosexuality. Okay, hang on. That's a question. That, that, that right there, he starts answering question uh, four, so let's hang on to that. Okay. Basically, what David is saying, and I would agree with him, is he, he's applying the principles of establishing biblical authority. That's basically what he's doing in answer to that question. How do we know? Well, we yep. have to we have to establish Bible authority. Okay, All that's right. how we that's how we know what God wants us to do. We have to establish the rules of of, of Bible authority. Oh, okay. Well, uh, here's one from Chris, and Chris says, due to my work schedule and daily three hour commute, 
I have little time to formulate and study for a thorough answer, so I'll be shooting from the hip. I reserve the right, the right to change my mind after listening to the show. <laughs> okay, or study we, further. we give you that right, Chris. And we appreciate that, Chris. We appreciate the open-mindedness, <laughs> and we appreciate the honesty that you're shooting from the hip. Hey, we are too, uh, sometimes. Uh, any sin can be a salvation issue. I do know that there are uh, absolutes in what we need to do, such as the steps I listed above. Plan salvation. Uh, without baptism, confessing, etc., we cannot be saved. There are other issues that we could be wrong in our beliefs, but may not affect our salvation. For example, some believe it is wrong to take the Lord's Supper both on Sunday morning and Sunday night, and other people find it acceptable. Both cannot be correct. My opinion, and I say opinion because I have not studied this deeply, is that you, if you are diligent and honest in your study and sincere belief, you have understood the Scripture correctly, you may still be wrong. In this case, I would think God's grace may possibly cover this. If not, then I would think very, very few would be in heaven because almost everyone differs in their beliefs on some issue. Yeah, uh, we, but you're you're sort of wading into some water there that you don't. It's a little murky, Chris, because you know if you're saying basically, if I was to paraphrase you, Chris, you'd be saying I could be wrong on a doctrinal issue, but as long as I I'm sincere, sincere, and believed I was right about it, God would look the other way. And I don't think that's true. But may God? I mean, where will, are you going to draw the line on that? Right. Will God look the other way? Maybe on some issues. Well, we don't know. If, if, I mean, right. I mean. If it's you know, what's what's his grace going to cover? He hasn't told us. He's told us we need to be uh, doing everything he said. Yeah, and so you know th- there are some conscience questions. He mentions the Sunday night Lord's Supper observance, and there are some conscience questions. You know that we, we that we're still really trying to work our way through. You know right, right. the the Sunday night observance, the Lord's Supper, is a relatively new practice that really has only been known since the end of World War II when people right. started doing shift work and so forth. Uh, I think there's an answer to that, but not everybody agrees about the answer. And so certainly the people who have a conscience about it need to not do it. You know, if you, if you, if you, if you can't do it in good conscience, Romans 14, 23 says don't do it at all. Yeah. And that would be the, the thing there. Right. Uh, but, but I'm, I'm a little, uh, we really appreciate Chris's consistent, uh, participation with his first Bible. And I very seldom, I very seldom ever disagree with him, but I, I think I'd have to disagree with, with some, some of that answer. Yeah, where, where it could lead. Hey, and, and we may have some uh, revelation here as to why we don't hear from him as often. He's working hard. Right. You know, he said he had, had to change jobs not too long ago. Yeah. you remember that? And yeah. so now, apparently, a three-hour commute. He's in the Atlanta area, so that three-hour commute probably means he's about three miles from <laughs> yeah, where he's, he Yeah, he has, to, he has to drive all five miles to <laughs> work, and it takes him three hours right. to do Good it. Good to hear tonight. from you, Chris. Appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. Uh, and, and Bill in Texas said, uh, certainly unrepented of and living or walking in sin mentioned in the Bible where it says one will be lost if you are fornicating, premarital sex, uh, idolaters, adulterers, sex outside of the God's covenant marriage, which is a lifetime commitment. Uh, so he says, yeah, the, I, I think he's saying basically things that we can establish clearly from Scripture. Now, he, he wants to get to a topic that is really not on our agenda tonight. He disagrees with us. Bill is one who believes that there are, there's no biblical authority for divorce and remarriage at any time. We've discussed this before. I've corresponded with him about it before. Uh, he disallows the ex- the exceptions of Matthew 19.9 and Matthew 5.32. He does not believe that anybody can ever divorce with the right to remarry ever. Uh, 
uh, uh, with, in other words, you can't marry again while you have a living spouse, even if that living spouse was unfaithful to you and you put them away for that cause. I'm not going to get off in that discussion tonight. He thinks that would be an example of some of the things we're talking about, but, but that's a discussion for another All time. All right. We need to get a break, but Anthony, you've been going, you've been in the discussion in the chat room on, uh, the, uh, weaker brother. And Patrick in the chat room says, you may, you might say the weaker brother is someone prone to scrupulosity. That, that's, that's a, a nice word. That's a new one on me. Yeah, but I like it. I like it. Have you ever heard that word, scrupulosity? Well, well he has scruples. He has, yes, he, he does. Has yeah. ex, he has his own scruples, right? Yeah. And, uh, uh, Anthony, uh, you might give us a recap of what you guys have Yeah, concluded. we were just, I think we were just clear, trying to clarify what is meant by the weaker brother and, and, you know, who, who is the weaker brother? I think we addressed that earlier. I think Greg, you were saying it's the person who, you know, who is doesn't have confidence or faith enough to exercise his liberty. I think that's right. So, um, and you know, initially, I think this came up. The um, let's see, Trevor was saying, well, you know, the, how do we know who the weaker brother is so that we don't judge them? But I was pointing out that believe the passage bears out that it goes both ways. The weaker brother shouldn't judge the one who is exercising his liberty and vice versa. Yeah, it goes exa- both ways. Exactly right. You know, and, and although that's a certainly a, a difficult topic, that might be something good for a future studies, just to kind of work our way through Romans 14. All right. Uh, we'll take a break, and we'll go to the top of the hour after this. You have some specific issues you want to talk about, whether or not they're salvation issues, and what might motivate a person to label some things not salvation issues. We'll talk about that on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. These guys are doing all of the talking. We need to hear from you. Call in now. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Hi, I'm Wade Shelton. In 1 Peter 3.15, the scripture says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You see, we believe here at College View that we should be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks us. And I believe that we are dedicated to this cause. That's why we here at College View bring you the virtual Bible study each week. Our hope is that you will join us each week here on the virtual Bible study in hopes of strengthening your faith so that you will be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you. Please join us here every Thursday night on the Virtual Bible Study. I know that it's worth an hour of your time. We're tracking the trends on the Virtual Bible Study. While an amazing 88% of American homes own a Bible, more and more are switching to the Internet, cell phones, and iPads to read God's Word. In their latest survey of Bible use, the American Bible Society finds that 41% of Americans use the Internet to read the Bible on a computer. Some 29% said they searched Bible verses on a cell phone, and 17% said they read an electronic version of the Bible on a Kindle or iPad. The number of Bible readers who use their smartphone or cell phone to search for Bible content has increased each year, with a 6% increase in the use of this format in the year 2012. According to the survey, the most read and searched version of the Bible was the King James Version. 38% preferred that over the New King James Version, which just 14% preferred. That information is via the Washington Examiner. The Word of God says in Psalm 119, verse 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Quit checking your email. The commercials are over and the virtual Bible study is ready to roll. Take it away, guys. And we're back on the program. I think uh, we probably have a large, uh, maybe uh, those numbers wouldn't be representative of people listening to the virtual Bible study tonight. Uh, they'll, they'll, that use, the, the, that use devices the, to, yeah. to study the scripture. Yeah. 
use the electronic devices to study scripture. Who knows? Those are good numbers there. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about salvation, and it's not a salvation issue if you want to use uh, your iPad or your leather-bound edition. You know, that, that might be illustrative of the point that we're making. You know, was, I've known, uh, it's been a while, but I've known of some folks who objected to some, some of the advancing technology that we're using to teach the Bible and so forth. I, I knew, for instance, of a place where there was a brother who, this was years ago, before we even had projectors that projected from the computer, there was a brother who objected to an overhead projector where he used transparencies. Well, that that he he believed it was wrong. Well, there's no way you could prove that was wrong from the scriptures, and so he was he was trying to bind a, a, an opinion that couldn't be substantiated in scriptures. That's not a salvation. It's not a salvation issue if you use a a, a overhead projector to, to, as a visual aid to teach a sermon. Yeah. But that brother thought it was. He thought it was a salvation issue. I think we could conclude clearly from the scriptures it's not a salvation issue. So he needs to back off because he's binding an opinion he can't substantiate from the yeah. scriptures. And oh. that goes to some of the discussion. But some really looks like some really good discussion Maybe a uh, in, in the chat room. Maybe on a I thought Romans we had 14. talked about Romans 14 before, but I don't. I can't find it in the archives. So maybe that is a good one to yeah. talk about. Okay, we'll, we'll put that in the list. All right. All right, real quickly, what are, uh, we asked specifically – are these things salvation issues? What we did to be saved? You know, I think by definition that has to be a salvation issue, wouldn't it? You would think. But as Patrick mentioned in the chat room earlier, most of the it's not a salvation issue people are ones who believe that you're saved by faith only. And that's all. Anything beyond faith only is not a salvation issue. Yeah. But when Jesus said in Mark sixteen sixteen, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. It seems like he made... Baptism, salvation issues, because he said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Seems that baptism would be a salvation issue in that expression. Yeah, of course. Now, some people think that these things aren't salvation issues because it doesn't matter if you're baptized or not. You should be baptized, but it doesn't really matter. So, therefore, they would say that's not a salvation issue. But they would well, say you were saved by faith. So that obviously would be a salvation issue to them. You've but but they're linked in that verse. Right. That, they're, oh, they're, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And the same thing with Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. Yeah. If repentance is necessary, and most people agree that it is, then baptism is also necessary because it's linked by that conjunction Absolutely. and, and it clearly would indicate, that verse clearly would indicate that baptism is a salvation issue. All right. Uh, Ramona says, some may think that Bible does, does, uh, some may think, does the Bible really teach that salvation is freely given through a general acceptance and acknowledgement of Christ as Lord, Master, and Savior? This is claimed by some who think they are Christians by doing so. Christ himself said to those around him, uh, recorded Luke 6, verse 46, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Right here in this uh, saying from Christ, we can see that Christ expected his followers to do more than just give their hearts to the Lord. Simple acknowledgement of who he was. He expects true followers to do what he has said, believing in his his examples and uh, that same message that he taught. Another thing he said was this, John 14, verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. So if someone is sincere about being a true Christian, they will believe the teachings and obey God as they are conditions to receiving salvation. Yeah, the rest of the emailers basically said, of course, what you do to be saved is a salvation issue. So we're going to move on quickly. Is it a salvation issue how we worship? I'm going to say it's got to be yes. Jesus said in Matthew 15, verse 9, in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Well, if it's possible to have vain worship, good for nothing, 
not accomplishing its purposes. That seems like that'd be a salvation issue. Why would Jesus waste his time if it didn't matter? If it doesn't matter, if he if you can't worship in vain, why would he even bring the subject up? Ramona says people now want to worship using personal comfort matters rather than genuine salvation matters. Uh, David is going to talk about homosexuality. One of the follow up questions. Uh, Chris and Lana says yes, so he agrees that it is. Uh, Bill in Texas says. Uh, I have seen worship services in some churches of Christ that I consider to be offensive and unacceptable to God. Christian services with a large Christmas tree on the pulpit with performers. Uh, we are to be participants, not spectators. I, so, so sort of performance worship. I think that's an expression that has become popular. He says that's not acceptable. And I would agree. I, I think God has specified how he wants to be worshipped. It includes such things as uh Observing the Lord's Supper on the first day of the week, contributing on the first day of the week. Um, it includes uh, singing, a cappella singing, no, no authority for instrumental music. Although we've talked about worship before, but yeah, I, I think it's got to be a salvation. Issue. What about moral issues? What about things like abortion and homosexuality? It sure seems like those are issues that matter to God. How would we deduce that He doesn't care? When, for instance, on homosexuality, he says something like this in Romans 1, verse 26, For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. Uh, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. To do those things which are not convenient. That seems like that's a salvation issue. But, you know, a lot of people, just a couple of weeks ago, we tried, Jacob, we tried to interview that Methodist bishop yeah. on the homosexuality question. He hung up on us, but to him it's not a salvation issue. How do you get around a statement like that in Romans chapter 1? How can you say, how can you read chapter 1 uh, of Romans and then say, God doesn't care? I, I decide God doesn't care about homosexuality. All right, uh, David it says... Uh, I think the issue of homosexuality is one that can be viewed as something that some have deemed as not a salvation issue. Many churches today accept homosexuals into their list of members without any objection to their lifestyle choices. Several of these churches state that homosexuality is not directly condemned in the New Testament, that Jesus himself never spoke against it, and that modern translations substituted homosexual for the word effeminate. They contend that when the Bible condemns those who are effeminate, the word actually meant soft, that is, spiritually soft people, but not spiritually specifically homosexuals. Even if one were to make that determination, the Bible does clearly condemn any sexual relations outside of marriage as a sin, and the Bible clearly states that marriage in the eyes of God is only between one man and one woman. There would be no way for someone who considered themselves to be gay to have any type of relationship with another person that included sex without committing sin. And so Chris says, or uh, David, I'm sorry, says, yes, it's a salvation issue. Okay, and then real quickly, we're out of time, Jake. We're just effectively out of time. What about more uh, personal holiness like modesty, consuming alcohol, cursing? Just let me deal with one of those, modesty. Paul said in 1 Timothy 2, verse 2, or verse 8, rather, I will, therefore, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting, in like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but that which becometh women professing godliness with good works. Okay, I don't think it matters. If I say it doesn't matter, it's not a salvation issue. If modesty is not a salvation issue, how do I explain the very straightforward statement there uh, that Paul wrote by inspiration? 
In other words, anytime this goes back to the point we made, a very simple point, anything that Bible says do or don't do, we are not at, we we do not have the liberty to say doesn't matter. Yes. All right. I I, I referenced Second uh, Thessalonians chapter three verse fourteen on that. Uh, where Paul said, if any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man and have no company with him that he may be ashamed. Paul said, do what the Bible says, period. Yeah. Real quickly, uh, in our last minute here, Jacob, what would motivate a person? What do you think motivates a person to say it's not a salvation issue when you can read it in the Bible that it is a command of God, either do or don't do this, but here's a person who says it's not a salvation a issue. A couple of different responses. Ramona says human arrogance. Uh, the Lord has taught us that man's thoughts and ways are not his, and man cannot guide his own steps, Isaiah 55, 8, 9, Jeremiah 10, 23. It is human arrogance to speak for the Lord, an arrogance that shows major disdain for what God has spoken, and she references Romans 11, 33 through 36. Arrogance definitely would be one of those motivators. Thank you, Ramon. And and David has said people will name a number of things as not salvation issue for the simple reason it conflicts with their own will, wants, or desires. And that echoes what Chris said. He said unwillingness to change their belief is probably the chief reason. Many times change is unpleasant, and we tend to seek pleasure in the the paths of least resistance. All right. All right, we're out of time, Jacob. I think it's a worthy discussion, and I hope we've been able to say some things that are helpful. All right. Thank you for being here tonight. Uh, thank you, Anthony, for driving us behind the board. No problem. Good, Enjoyed it. Good, Very good study. Good tonight. to have you with us. And, uh, Dad, enjoyed the discussion. Yeah, thanks for everybody in the chat room. Some really good discussion there in the chat room yep. on Romans 14, I think. Appreciate you for being there. And uh, we look forward to you making plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. If you have any questions about what you've heard, if you have any suggestions for what you'd like to be discussed on a future edition of the Virtual Bible Study, send those suggestions or topics to questions at collegeview.com. We encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired word of the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.